630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. 20 seconds to go. Wrist shot, save Talbot. Rebound, top of the blue paint. Wrist shot, Martinez, save Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the head. 12 seconds, wrist shot, Martinez. Save made by Camp Talbot. Goes to the left side. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Well, this is going to be a beauty of a weekend, isn't it? The Eskimos at the Stampeders. The CFL's West Final is on 630 Chad Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. 2.30 for the start of the game. Third time in the last four years they are meeting in the West Final in 2014. Calgary won at home in 2015. The Eskimos won at home, went on to win the Grey Cup. We will preview the game for you. We'll, you'll hear a little bit from J.C. Sherritt, who isn't going to play, but the Eskimos star linebacker hurt back in Week 1. Could be good to go for the Grey Cup if the Eskimos qualify. That is going to be a good one. Uh, because it is... The last Inside Sports before a big football game. We usually do this. You can text your score predictions to 630-630. And as is the rule on this show, when it comes to Monday's show and we look back on the game, only correct predictions are acknowledged or even existed. All those incorrect predictions, oh, I, I didn't know there were any. So you can't lose. You, you, you cannot lose. You can uh, text to 630-630. Open line, of course, is 780-496-0063. You are welcome to call in tonight if you if you like. The Oilers uh, in Dallas. We're going to connect with Bob Stoffer in about half an hour. I think they are just uh, probably just landing or maybe just landed, so we'll probably get Bob in a, in a shuttle or, or maybe leaving the airport or getting to the hotel. Uh, he's going to chime in on what's going on with, uh, with the Edmonton Oilers after a tough one last night, a very good St. Louis Blues team totally taking control of that game and winning it 4-1. The Oilers and the Stars tomorrow, it uh, it is a dreaded afternoon game. The Oilers historically, and here's the weird thing, I'm not just talking recent history, as a franchise, the Oilers historically are not good in afternoon games, which is kind of weird. Uh, the Oilers update for Niskew Ford, every model on sale every day, Niskew Ford above expectations. We're going to be on 10.30 in the morning for the face-off show. And uh, the game will start at noon. Oilers at Stars, first of a five-game road trip for your Edmonton Oilers. Now, the uh, big question, well, one of the big questions for, for the Edmonton Oilers, it, like, first of all, offensively, they're still not good. 29th in the NHL in goals for per game. And they, you know, they have had an eight-goal explosion, a six-goal game on home ice. They, they are not scoring a lot. On the road, it hasn't caught up with them because they've been able to win a couple games in overtime or, or keep the scores down. They're actually 3-3-2 three, three, and two on the road this season. Not great, but certainly not bad. They're just 4-7 and seven at home. But I, I think we saw last night... Um, you know, not a lot of attack from the top line. Now, McDavid didn't practice today because he's sick. Clefbaum also didn't practice. Todd McClellan says they're both under the weather. Should be good to play tomorrow. So maybe that was affecting McDavid last night. But there hasn't been a lot of five-on-five uh, five drive from the Maroon-McDavid-Drysettle line really for the last couple of weeks. So I wonder if things are going to get changed around. Uh, Todd McClellan did speak to the media this morning 
And uh, he was asked, well, first of all, I asked a general question like, could, could you change the forward lines around in general? Possibly. There's a chance that we could do that. We're talking about the first line, Connor and Leon, is there, are you thinking about splitting them up? Uh, possibly. There's a chance we could do that. All right. So, Todd McClellan, he ain't revealing anything. I, I and, and you know what? It's the, the things with the lines... And uh, Kellen, you were here. You were here Friday. Yes. Uh, we had a listener, Darren, call in who doesn't like Todd McClellan. Tuesday, actually. Uh, whatever day it was. Yeah, earlier this week. Oh, Tuesday where there was a game. It was Wednesday. Wednesday. There we go. Uh, and I got I got a little upset with Darren because he his argument wasn't making any sense. But he doesn't think McClellan is a good coach, which I which I disagree with it. But he said McClellan is not a good coach because he puts Drysdale and McDavid on the same line. Mm-hmm. I, I but the, here's the thing with the line combinations, they're is no absolute in my mind. Okay, McClellan, to me, gave a logical reason about not putting Dreisaitl at center. And he said, look, our wingers aren't going, so I'm not going to, quote-unquote, promote somebody who hasn't deserved it to play with Dreisaitl. Um, but by the same token, now that you have Camilleri, who, you know, it's only one game, but he's a veteran guy, so maybe you give him a chance to, to shoot with somebody. And now that you have Puglia Yarvi looking good, through four games, pretty good. Like, he doesn't look timid. He doesn't look out of place. You have Kajula back in the lineup. Maybe there's a little more flexibility here to put Dreisaitl at center or on Nugent Hopkins' wing or somebody else up there and and, and see what's going to happen. Because I think McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, are looking for each other. I think they know they're the guys on the team and they're really trying to push and, 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 and score that big goal, but maybe they're trying to force it a little bit or make it a little too pretty. So if things get changed around, that's fine. And, and this is the thing, guys. I know uh, short-term season hasn't started well, and the playoffs are in doubt. I mean, I know, I know it's only 19 games in there, but I think it's fair to say the playoffs are in doubt because they got to string some things together pretty quickly. But... If McDavid and Dreisaitl are teammates for the next eight or nine years, I think it's fine to go back and forth. I mean, if 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 they want to do it, if, so, so I mean what? So they've so they've played together for about a year. It doesn't mean Dreisaitl's never going to have his own line. It doesn't mean McDavid's never going to have another guy on his right side. It doesn't mean Puliyarvi is never going to play with McDavid. It doesn't mean Yamamoto's never going to play with Dreisaitl or vice versa. Well, you had that great quote last night on Overtime Open Line that said, well, how long do we have uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl under contract for? There's going to be times where they're going to be split up. There's going to be times where they're going to be put together. A career is is a long thing. So I, I don't mind the debate. But, you know, let's remember there's going to be some flexibility. There, there always has to be some searching. There are always going to be ups and downs. And this is a down time. Don't get me wrong. Like, like I mentioned, there's, there's a lot of guys not able to uh, repeat, you know, or, or ascend to levels that uh, they either did last year or we thought that they would get to this year. But, you know, if, if they, you know, Rob Brown pretty much would never split up McDavid and Dreisaitl. He was a little more open to it last night, but I think long-term... I think long term, Rob Brown would more would like to see those guys together more often than not for the next decade. I think eventually, for the for the long term wealth of the team, uh, you know, it'd be great to have those guys as your one two centers. 
this texter says uh, the same coach had Thornton and Marlowe together in San Jose. They were a pretty decent team. While Jared says what score is that? Uh, what scary is that? The Oilers have scored two goals or less 13 times this year. You have to start putting Todd under the microscope if this lasts much longer. Well, I think that gets down to maybe tomorrow is the time to to mix it up a little bit. In terms of the the homestand, they they lit up Vegas goaltender and here's the thing Vegas comes back and beats Vancouver I mean they're they're an amazing story but they they lit up Vegas and then they just couldn't get anything really going except St. Louis first period was actually good uh, both teams played well Vancouver got a or uh, St. Louis got a blooper goal off the the Talbot cleft bomb mix up Unfortunately, those you hope that doesn't happen more than once a year. I mean, Talbot had that goal go in from center last year against Buffalo. Then never really had a blooper one the rest of the way. But, uh, you know, I thought a pretty good first period by the Oilers. They engaged physically. They were forechecking. You know, St. Louis made some good plays too. And then things spun out of control. And Todd McClellan was talking about too much east-west play last night. Well, I think at times it's uh, just being stubborn too. Um, you have to take what's there. You... We have very talented players on our team that can uh, create time and space for each other and, and make plays at the blue line. Uh, but that doesn't happen 100% of the time. There's other times where the, the other team, and last night was a prime example, they get in the way. They check well, they, uh, they close lanes off, they close quickly, um, and you've got to take what's, what's given then and try and create off of it. Uh, we were stubborn. We wanted to throw pucks into, uh, into those areas, turned it over a number of times, and um, it didn't always lead to uh, outnumbered rushes, but what it led to was time in our zone. Um, they forecheck. Um, heavily and forced us to play in our zone and and that takes away from offensive time so uh, stubbornness to uh, to take what is given sometimes appears in our game I remember a couple of years ago a caller asked Rob after a game saying should a team have the mentality that they're going to dump the puck in or that they're going to carry it in and Rob's answer was basically it varies from game to game, line to line, situation or situation. And it's not pretty, but last night was a game where the Oilers needed to dump it in and forecheck because they were trying. St. Louis played well. They, they, they sealed off a lot of areas of the ice. They were quick. They, they, they pressed the Oilers. They, they, they took away the passing lanes like McClellan referenced. So that was a game where the Oilers maybe got to play with their heads a little bit and think, okay, the three-way passing play, storming across the blue line like we did against Vegas, that's not happening. We need to get it below the icing line, try to hit or, or dump it in on Jake Allen, make him handle it, look for a rebound off his pads, and then get going for there. So I, 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 And somebody called in last night and said the Oilers played a lazy game. And I actually, I, I don't think that the Oilers did play a lazy game. I, I don't think this is a lazy team. I don't think this is a, an era of the team where, um, you know, they're apathetic or that they, they can't uh, put out an honest effort. But I do think sometimes, and, th- and think about this maybe in your own life sometimes, or jobs you've had or people you've worked with, that the effort gets expended in a non-productive way. I think the Oilers were trying really hard to make plays last night, and St. Louis said, oh, well, we know how to stop this, as opposed to the Oilers saying, wait a minute, uh, we need to apply this effort in the other way to try to get the pucks to the net this way. So that, and I, and I think that has plagued the Oilers through some of the home, especially some of the home games this year, where they've, they've, they've cheated, they've pinched, they've got out of position, 
they're trying to score, but but like they're trying to score a spectacular goal or, or or make a dramatic steal and turn it the other way, as opposed to maybe th- focusing on maybe a little more efficient, a little more productive, a little more high percentage type of play. That's how I look at the Oilers when it comes to the effort level. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text six thirty six thirty. Quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. toy today and make Christmas come true for 25,000 less fortunate kids through 630Chad Santa's Anonymous. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. Yeah, don't forget SantasAnonymous.ca delivery weekend coming up December 16th and 17th. You can donate Right here at 630 Chet, 5204-84th Street, and all the other uh, donation locations are on the website. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. I appreciate you starting it here on Inside Sports. U of A Golden Bears hockey team, number one in the country. They're 10-0 at number three, Saskatchewan tonight. It is scoreless about halfway through the first period. NHL, Rangers and Blue Jackets are scoreless in the second period. And after one, Sabres and Red Wings, you guessed it, are scoreless. We'll keep you updated. 780-496-0063. We have Will on the line. Will, I appreciate you calling. What's going on? Good evening, sir. Hi. Yeah, just a comment on, the, I guess, the, the owners. Uh, seems to be that they're on the cusp of, uh, of being a good team, but yet the, the GM, I guess, hasn't finished his homework in my mind, to, to get the pieces that's really needed for for the Oilers to succeed, and to me, that's that's part of the part of the big picture problem. And uh, you know, the coach can do so much, but the coach too has to take a bit of the heat for the the situation that the Oilers are in. I mean, uh, he hasn't uh, thought outside the box as far as lineups goes, and uh, you know, I think. Uh, he needs to look at the chemistry, like uh, huge playing with either Connor, even even Drysital at times, you know, on the top top wing. Um, it opens up different possibilities, but to try to find that chemistry, I guess, within the team that's there. But still, there's still short. Uh, you know, our defense isn't as good as it as it's made out to be, and, and I think that's showing up now. And, it, it was last year, it was close, but we're still not there yet. So in my mind, we still need to get some key pieces. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, that's a pretty fair phone call for sure. And you wonder if Peter Shirelli is uh, is going to do something else. I mean, the trade Jokinen for Camilleri. All right, you know, I think uh, we'll see how Camilleri does. Jokinen wasn't doing much, and I hope he does well in Los Angeles. Uh, two veteran players, a little bit of different skill sets. So Camilleri... You know, hard to say from one game. Okay game. Had one pretty dangerous shot. We'll see where he goes from there. Peter Shirelli did speak today at the GM meetings. Uh, Frank uh, Cervelli putting out a quote there. Uh, uh, Shirelli saying, uh, we're almost at the 20-game mark. It's obviously disappointing where we are, but I see some positives, and it's a grind. We have to get some traction in terms of winning just one game or losing 
just one. The general takeaway is general disappointment. There's your headline. Some comments from Peter Shirelli today. Well, no reason not to be disappointed. Can't can't blame anybody for uh, for being disappointed for sure. Uh, this texture says Ryan Nugent Hopkins played wing at the World Cup, did it rather well. What puzzles me is why the coach hasn't used the experiment of Nugent Hopkins with McDavid and then Dreisaitl and Puglia-Yarvi on the second line. At the moment, not much is going on, so why not? Well, I think he wants to keep Nugent Hopkins at center because he's having a pretty good season there. I, I mean, look, I, I, I stand by it. I think Nugent Hopkins has been the best oiler this season. He might have had an off night last night. We haven't said that very often. Could you put could you put Dreisaitl on his wing? Well, that's probably another possibility. Maybe you bump Puliyarvi up and play him with McDavid. They had a big game together last year in Dallas. McDavid had the hat trick, and Puliyarvi was on his line for that game. So, there there is a lot to consider. And as till until they start scoring and winning a little more, like I've said, I, I don't know if there's a wrong answer. There might be answers that are less likely to be correct, <laughs> but, but I don't know if there's a definitive wrong answer. Some of the predictions rolling in. Murr, the Stamps guy, picking Calgary to win 36-17. you got to sign your name to your text so it's easy to find your correct prediction on Monday, by the way, guys. Unnamed texter says 31-27, Eskimos over Stampeders. And uh, this individual says Eskimos will win 34-31 and the Oilers will win 5-3. A double dose of prediction there from that texture. A little more from Todd McClellan. You'll hear from J.C. Sherritt and Bob Stoffer is in Dallas. We will bring him in when we get back. Want to remind you, some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Book the Rumpus Room for up to 12 of your closest friends and dig in for a family-style chicken picnic at Northern at uh, NorthChickenYEG.com, 124th Street, 107th Ave. Great spot. Coming back after the news with Stoffer. This is a Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. A Darius Bowman. Ready to rock and roll. Good finish to the season for Bowman. Zilstra, Walker, good receiving core. Gable at running back. Eskimos looking good. It'll be tough against Calgary. Got a text here from Cliff. He says, Eskimos 27, Cowtown 21. Please send prize after the game. (laughs) Good stuff, Cliff. Uh, This one coming in from a uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan who says, the Eskimos will beat the Stampeders in overtime but will be crushed 42-27 in the Cup game. Well, that's interesting. That's nice of that Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan to pick Toronto to win the Grey Cup. (laughs) You like that, Kel? Uh, That's funny. That's funny. Uh, That'll be a good game, that East Final, though. That's going to be a back-and-forth affair. I think they're both going to be good games. Yeah. Uh, another texture says 24-20 Eskimos. Uh, Jim simply says there's no way the Stampeders win. Jim very confident to the text line. Hey, we're in Edmonton. Why wouldn't you be picking the Eskimos? Go Esco. 6.35 is the time of day inside sports on 6.30. Chet, we'll uh, have a little more on the Eskimo, well, a lot more on the Eskimos later on. You'll hear a little bit from J.C. Sherritt, Randy Chevrier, three-time Grey Cup champion who played for both the Eskimos and the Stampeders. We'll preview the game. I believe last time we talked to Randy, too, he was training to be a firefighter. So I'll get an update on that because Randy's a pretty interesting guy. And just to, uh, I, I, I got to pinch myself that I'm actually saying this. In about an hour... Basketball Hall of Famer Dominique Wilkins will be on the show. 
Can you believe that, That's Kellen? unreal. Dominique Wilkins is going to be on Inside Sports. That's unreal. Now, I realize there may be a, a generation of sports fan not sure who that is. Uh, well, he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame, mostly played for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, his nickname, the Human Highlight Reel. He was an exceptional dunker, often went head-to-head against Michael Jordan in the NBA Slam Dunk Competition on All-Star Weekend. And, of course, anybody who's listened at all knows uh, a running joke. Well, really through my whole life is, uh, uh, oh, you don't look like you're related to Dominique. Well, let me guess, Dominique's (laughs) your cousin, but he's more athletic. So I finally thought, and he works for the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, cool. So I thought, maybe. And they they said, let's see if he'll do it. Dominique Wilkins on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. So I will not be the most athletic Wilkins on this show tonight. (laughs) Believe it or not. All right. You can always text 63630. Rocket going with 3320 for the Eskimos. Uh, no surprise to hear Rocket going with the green and gold. Oilers stars tomorrow, 1030. Our broadcast will begin here on 630. Chad, uh, Bob Stoffer will be uh, joining me on the face-off show. He'll do the color commentary for the game. Bob, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? We just landed, Reed. So we're doing all right. How are you? I'm doing very well. I, I appreciate you fitting me in. I know travel days, uh, it can be long days. And uh, I, I guess you're going to have to find a, a spot to get on CanadaWest.tv to watch the Bears and the Huskies, eh, buddy? Uh, that will not be happening tonight. We have a uh, corporate <laughs> function to stick in. Unfortunately, I'm going to probably have to pass tonight, though there is a chance. Uh, assuming that everything works out flightwise tomorrow after the afternoon game in Dallas, so that might be able to see game two of the series. So, uh, but no, interesting times, and uh, you know, big this is a big road trip for the Edmonton Oilers. I saw that uh, Peter Sorelli had a few comments for uh, Frank Valley who I did talk to uh, this afternoon uh, at the GM meetings, uh, and uh, you know, we, I mean, the team's seven two and uh, seven ten and two. That's not a great position, Reed, as you know. Yeah, well, and they got to climb over everybody except Arizona to get back into a playoff spot. They they got to string some some wins and points together, Bob. And it was interesting uh, talking to fans last night after the game on overtime open line. And you know, one one guy called in, and and I thought the word he used was very appropriate. And he said it's been confusing watching the Oilers this season. And I thought, you know what, that that's a fair term because you see spurts of strong play, of strong checking, and then you see other games where you're like, wait a minute, is, is this the team I saw last week or in some cases uh, even two days ago? So I, I, I understand that fan's experience. It, it's been a bit of a confusing opening quarter to the season for the Edmonton Oilers. 100% agree. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, last year they got off to a pretty good start and they looked like a good team. And then they went on that road trip. Uh, and there has been some November spoons over the years. And, you know, they play a lot of road games traditionally in, in November historically because of the CFR, and it sort of blunted any sort of success early in the year. Well, this year they didn't have the success. So now they're trying to play catch-up. But I, I think a couple things read. Number one, this is not last year's team. That is clear. Uh, there is a chance by the end of the season this might be better than last year's team. But at this time right now, it is clearly not as good as last year's team. And Sekra coming back could change things um, on the on the on the defensive side because some other guys have got some increased minutes, so the defense could be better by the end of the year. Uh, Brassois, depending upon workload, you know, if he if he can show that maybe he can be a 15 to 18 games uh, backup instead of a nine to 11 game backup, 
could be a, a step forward. Uh, and then in terms of what Peter Sorelli acquires during the course of the year, you know, what sort of, you know, he said today the Calvary's not coming. Uh, it's difficult to make those moves. Small move to get, um, as an example, small move to get Camilleri. But, you know, does Cole Yarby become a full-time player? Does Zuger Kara claim a spot? You know, what about Slepeshev? What about Kajula? At this time, these are all unknowns. And then, frankly, Reed, at the top of the food chain, you know, over the last several games, and the numbers would warrant this if you take a look at uh, or support this, if you would take a look at goals for and against and chances for and against, the top line of McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Maroon hasn't actually been that good for a while. So uh, I totally can uh, empathize with the position the fans are in because i got to tell you, to be honest with you, I'm kind of a little confused with what we're seeing because I don't know what we're going to see in a game-in, game-out basis. No, that's that's a fair way to put it for sure. I, I mean, I know on the road they've checked better and, and Talbot ha- has been better, so you hope you see that in the five games to come. And I wonder, too, now there's not going to be a morning skate tomorrow. It was an incomplete practice because uh, obviously McDavid was ill, so we, we don't really know what the lines are going to be. McClellan was asked about it today. And you know he said he said possibly we we could change the lines. He's obviously not going to commit to anything and maybe tip his tip his hand to Ken Hitchcock and company twenty four hours in advance. Look, I I totally understood what McClellan was saying when he kind of didn't want to promote wingers who hadn't deserved it to play with Drysdale or McDavid. But but now I wonder, you know, Drysdale McDavid, like you mentioned, some tough games five on five. Really going back to the Detroit game. And I think they're maybe pressing a little bit, Bob. Now McDavid was probably sick last night, but but I think they're maybe pressing a little bit. And they're I, I don't know, Bob. Like Todd likes to use baseball terms. I almost look at those two guys and think they're trying to hit home runs instead of just make solid contact and keep working from there. That's a, very, that's a fair analogy. Um, to be honest with you, I've been like maroon lately on, on that line either. So that's been part of the equation for me. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, do you do you go back and and, and we should mention that uh, Slepeshev, uh, McDavid, and Clefbaum were not on the ice today. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, Todd mentioned the fact that McDavid and Clefbaum, you know, are, are expected to play tomorrow. Slepeshev is on the trip, and so is uh, uh, Sekra. They're both on IR now. I don't see. Um, Obviously, Sekiro is not going to play until December. Todd mentioned that, but um, I'm just trying to think of, of, of what you could do with the lines, and we're back to those lines again. And it is interesting when they needed the spark against Anaheim, they gave Leon, you know, the responsibility of centering uh, Lucic and uh, Slepeshev. That's why I brought. Out, I was thinking of Slepeshev there because I mean, I guess in theory you could play McDavid with Maroon and Kajula, but for me, Kajula hasn't knocked it out of the park this year. Uh, I'm still kind of. You know, trying to figure out what he is. I really like Paul Yarby's game, the, the four games that he's made a massive improvement from where he was at last year. And and I like Nugent Hopkins' game until last night. Nugent Hopkins and Lucic didn't have a lot going last night, so the whole team has to be better. And ironically enough, Reed, they're playing a, a team that has to be better than themselves. They just got scored six one in Dallas. Yeah, or in Tampa, I did Dallas. Yeah, and Tampa's doing incredible. Bob Stoffer joining us on Inside Sports, host of Oilers now here on 630 Chet, and our analyst for games on Chet and the Oilers Radio Network. He is in Dallas with the Edmonton Oilers as uh, as they start a five-game road trip here. Um, 
Bob, you mentioned Yesley Puliyarvi. I, I think he warrants talking about because you know we we use words like assertive and confident a lot when we're watching players, and sometimes you you, you don't know it until you see it. And and I think yeah. and Todd has used the word trust a lot too with players he likes. You know, he's called Mark Latestu a player that he trusts. I, I think there's got to be an increased trust level with Yessi Puliyarvi because he just looks more complete, focused, and confident than he did a year ago when he hung around on the NHL roster, but he had a lot of games where he was single digits in terms of minutes played. Yeah, there's no question he's been a far more dynamic player. He's been way better on the floor check. He's been uh, more decisive and more assertive on the ice. I, I, I'm going to be really intrigued. Just like To me, this, this, this road trip, it's there for the Oilers to go get. Uh, Dallas is starting letting in tomorrow. St. Louis can't possibly own Edmonton again the way they did in that game. There was some, and let's think about this, Reed. I don't know how much he talks about a lot of saves, Rob, but that's a two-one game with five minutes gone in the third period when McDavid and Dreisaitl blew that four-on-three that led to the Braden Shen's uh, goal the other way. Like it, that game was right there for Edmonton at that stage to go, even though they've been out play. So this is a big. Uh, this is a for me. This is a big road trip. Even the three Eastern teams that are playing, you know, Detroit, uh, Boston, Buffalo. How many of those teams were in the playoffs last year? Boston was, and they're banged up, right? So uh, these are all winnable games for the Oilers, but they got to get back. To play. They're not the same team, but they got to get back to playing at close to the same level that they were last year. All right, Bob, before I let you go, uh, we should touch on uh, a pretty big game this weekend. Sunday, Eskimos playing the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, I, I know you and I have uh, uh, talked a lot about the green and gold uh, this year. and we were, Actually, we were talking about them a little bit yesterday before we went on air for the face-off show. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, we... We, 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 we try not to refer too much to past seasons because every year is different. This does remind me a little bit of 2005 when the Eskimos made a late trade for Troy Davis to help the running game and C.J. Gable. I mean, just just changes everything. He always he gets yards after contact, even if it's a short game. He'll, he'll get you a short gain. He'll get you three when you thought he was only going to get you one. And I think that's helped Riley a little bit. I think it's helped the old line. Maybe he's the, uh, well, I don't even know if I want to call him an X factor. Maybe he's the main factor on Sunday when the Eskimos go at it with the Stamps. Well, uh, I'll throw a different one at you, Reed. And, you know, uh, look, you and me both have a lot of passion for Eskimos football. Uh, I care tremendously about the Edmonton based teams. You know that. I want to see them all be successful. I don't apologize for that. I'm not, I, you know, I'm a guy that would rather see the Edmonton Oilers win a Stanley Cup than get in the Hockey Hall of Fame. You know, I know some guys that work in our market. Uh, in hockey, and their whole goal is to get in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I'm like, I just want to see the Oilers win, right? And I want to see the Eskimos win. They will win, Reed, if they do not give up a special teams touchdown against. Okay? If that game gets played between between the lines and they don't give up anything cheap in terms of the return game to Calgary, the Eskimos will win that football game. And Gable is a stabilizing influence to the offense because he complements the Eskimo passing game, and the Eskimos have got a pretty good receiving course. So they're a tremendous leader at quarterback. The one quarterback, well, I mean, Ricky Ray's pretty special too, but Bo Levi's win-loss record's ridiculous, so it's dropped off here over the last couple. It's a winnable game for the Eskimos, but they cannot give up a return touchdown. Yeah, fair point, and that's haunted them the last couple of Labor Days in Calgary. Bob, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks for making time for me. Have a great Friday in Dallas. I'll talk to you on the Face-Off show tomorrow. Love it, Reed. As always, take care, buddy.
Awesome having Bob Stoffer on from Dallas. Oilers and Stars tomorrow. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey, Edmonton's furnace replacement experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. We'll sign on 10.30 a.m. with the face-off show. The game against the Stars will uh, start at noon. And uh, I think that, I wish I remember the caller last night, but perhaps this uh, so far has been the Oilers' season of confusion. At least for a lot of you, and that confusion leading to frustration because we're not quite sure who we're going to get game after game from the Edmonton Oilers. You can text 63630, the phone number 780-496-0063. You'll hear a little bit from J.C. Sherritt as we roll along. Please support 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Find out how at santasanonymous.ca. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Hey, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. I'm, I'm pretty excited. The Fizzler has texted the show. He says, hey, Reed, tell Bob not to worry. Summer will be here soon, and that is when the Oilers are true champions. That is from the Fizzler. I've heard many of his texts read on Oilers now, and I am thrilled that the uh, Fizzler is listening to Inside Sports and texting the show. We may have to up our listener count to 15 now that we know the Fizzler's out there. I, I didn't think the Fizzler often... Te- the Fizzler is sort of a, like a foil for Bob. He's sort of Moriarty to... Bob Sherlock Holmes. Is that fair, Fizzler? <laughs> you're the, the Fizzler, are you would you say Fizzler, if you're listening, that you're like a Cylon to Bob's Battlestar Galactica? Would that would that be fair, Fizzler? <laughs> Does the Fizzler eat Twizzlers? That's my question. I don't know. He'll probably write back. Hopefully the uh, Fizzler's having a, a chuckler a chuck a chuckle. Wherever wherever he's listening tonight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll go to Bernie. Hello, Bernie. Hi Reed, how are you? Doing well. We've got two quick comments for you. Uh, as much as I love McDavid dry cycle, on one line I think McClellan's gotta do some changes or you've got to move some high ground to get things stirred up. Um and the second comment, um I know you've got you're a big fan of Nurse and the defensive part of the order. I want you to keep the staff booked. How many times is Pippins uh, in the best, mostly Darnell Hurt, watching the puck and now watching the behind the scores a goal? That's so, all got. Bernie, I, I, can you repeat that last part because you're cutting in and out? Oh, sorry. I'm on the road. Um, I just think it's as much as you love Darnell Hurt. This consistency of watching the puck and trying to block the puck and be goalie and not playing the player that's behind him, scoring is a problem. Okay, so you're saying he's leaving his guy and the guy's loose behind him while he's playing the puck. Okay. Uh, absolutely. And prime example is St. Louis team, that second goal that they scored, you watch the replay and look at the defenseman. All right. Thanks, Bernie. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. That's Bernie, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. He's a little uh, muddy there, but I think he was saying he didn't like some of uh, Darnell Nurse's positioning in the uh, in the defensive zone. I, I like Nurse's uh, confidence. I-, I think he's progressing. 
in terms of rushing the puck and knowing uh, what to do with the puck, but I'm sure we can uh, find fault for a lot of different players on a lot of different goals this season. No doubt about that. Thanks uh, to Bernie for calling in. 780-496-0063, NHL tonight. Blue Jackets leading the Rangers 1-0, start of the third. Late in the second period, Sabres and Red Wings are scoreless. U of A Golden Bears up 2-1 on Saskatchewan. That's in Saskatoon, two of the top three hockey teams in U Sports. Bears up 2-1, start of the second period. Is this uh, Maston on the line? Paxton. Paxton? Paxton, yes. Like Bill Paxton? Like Bill Paxton, except alive. Okay, yes. Sorry, sorry, I misread your name there. Go ahead, buddy. No, no uh, I listen to your show quite often, and I'm a, I'm a former uh, career minor leaguer, American Hockey League. Uh, I don't know if you guys have discussed Cassian playing with uh, Dreisaitl and, um, and McDavid at all. No, not much. What do you think? Well, when I play in the American League... I went from 30 goals to 30 fights, but in my fourth year in uh, St. John, I played with uh, Marty Murray and uh, Ladislav Kohn, and uh, I was a little bit crazy like uh, Cassian was, and I still managed to average half a point a game in 295 minutes. I know as a, as a player, when you got uh, have to always look over your shoulder, whether it be Cassian coming down the wing or, or uh, Dreisaitl or McDavid, like you said, you're, you don't know who it is, so you're you're uh, fishing that puck off a lot quicker. Might might create a lot more opportunity for him, and still uh, still unable uh, to have a second uh, strong second and third line with uh, Nucha um, uh, centering those guys instead of have to move Lucic or Maroon up as well. Paxton, is your last name Schulte? Is that how you say it? That is correct. Yes, first time caller. Well, well, I appreciate you calling in, and I, I appreciate you having. Uh, personal experience relating to a story and how you'd like to see the uh, lines affected by it for sure. Are you from Onaway? I am. I definitely am. Okay. I grew up in Evansburg, so we're both small-town guys. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, Dave Parker, who is Ryan Rashog's camera guy on TSN, he's from Onaway. Dave, I went to, Dave went, to, went to school with Dave. He's a little bit uh, little bit older than me, but a good friend of mine. Yeah, awesome guy. Uh, One of the nicest yeah. guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, he is. I see him at the Eskimo games when I go on the, on the camera and things and get a chance to talk to him. But like I said, that sometimes, uh, like I said, Cassian, watching him move his feet, uh, being a coach myself, like I said, he makes good things happen. He can skate with those guys. And I know that as a defenseman or even a winger coming down the wall, you're, you're looking over your shoulder, you know, for these guys. Whether, you know, he's going to create room. Like, he's got some hands, he's got some speeds. I just think a good opportunity for him you know he's he's worked hard to where he's uh to to come back from uh from uh, montreal and vancouver and uh yeah i think i think he'd be a good fit there like i said uh i didn't start out as a top guy by any means i put up good numbers in the in western hockey league and even like i said scored 30 goals in the american league but uh but like i said you do what you got to do and, and if you can create room for those guys you know, it's come down to a two-man cycle a lot of the times. So he's create, he could create a lot of room and, and uh, disrupt a lot of people's lives if he really wants to. Paxton, you, 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 I, I like how you, you have, like, a, a solid reasoning behind your explanation, so I appreciate that. I got a break in 10 seconds. You mentioned you go to the go to Eskimos games. What happens on Sunday? Yep. Uh, I'm an Eskimo fan. I think it's going to be close, but uh, I really like Riley. Uh, he plays the game like it's meant to play uh, 
a lot like myself and you go hard or go home i don't think uh i don't think losing's an option i don't think he he will do it this weekend paxton it's great to hear from you take care man thank you very much take care 630 chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on 630 chad